This is a Ward Scott Files advisory. The Ward Scott Files podcast may contain material not suited for people who are easily offended. Trust us on this. This show contains adult information and opinions. Please protect small children, sensitive pets, fragile houseplants, and liberal relatives. Thank you. Warthog. He's going to come up the steps. Here he comes. Oh my goodness, and he's huge. Hello, boy. I wonder if we can pet him. Hi, boy. Can we touch him? No, don't. Help me! Help! Help! Good morning, good morning. Professor Ward Scott here in the Manly Warthog Man Cave on a really the last day of November. Remember that little song, 30 Days Has November? April, June, something like that. I can't remember it. All I know is we got 30 days and we're out of here today, out of the month of November of 2022. And we're not going to be coming back to it anytime soon. So we'll be rolling into the month of December, the last the month of another calendar year, 2022. So um, govern yourself accordingly. We are, of course, in the Mellon Law Studio in the Manly Warhol Man Cave, and we're protected by uh, crime prevention 24-7, 365. Style Cuts is our official style cutter of your hair. Welcome in there uh, to Style Cuts. Tell them I sent you. They'll take good care of you. And uh, always uh, be mindful of our sponsors and patronize them. They take care of us. We need to take care of them. On a spot cleaner, a uh, great place to take your clothing if you need it. Uh, you know, spruced up to go someplace or you just like keeping your things Nice and tidy. Um, some other folks here also we'll get into at the bottom of the hour. Well, we've been watching um, the the um, the circus, if you will, a little bit, as everybody has, I guess, on the Gainesville City Commission. It is um, a dysfunctional group, and it's because, in many ways, um, some things that uh, have been occurring. People have bailed ship over there. Uh, they have a lot of interims this and interims that. Um, they politicize everything and play the race card on everything. They don't just take care of business, which is to take care of the financial uh, health of the community. By comparison, I've learned today that uh, the city of, of, of Newberry, for example, has a $600,000 surplus. You know, it's not impossible to run a city in the black instead of the red, but they're not even close to knowing where they are in the city of Gainesville financial affairs, which should be the first priority of that, of that crowd upon the dais to take care of your money and to spend it wisely. I don't think there's a money manager of any kind of distinction on that dais. All they are doing is playing their pet cards or pet peeves, uh, their pet little projects. And it's really become a ra rather laughable. And unfortunately it is a city municipal government that has become laughable. It's um, not going to correct itself anytime soon for a couple of three reasons. One, it has too many commissioners. Um, there should never have been seven. Uh, also, the way in which they're governing and elected, some of them come from a district, uh, uh, you know, uh, 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 the, the young man up there who can't remember where he slept last night, Adrian is a Santos. If you take a look at his deposition, when Jim Connish challenged him, uh, he didn't know where he was or where he lived. And, you know, it was just kind of catch as catch can. So in my humble opinion, there's something to question there, as Connish did and didn't succeed, of course. Uh, it's a very high threshold, it seems, to get anybody to tell the truth. Uh, so that seat is taken by the guy who may or may not be in his residency. Uh, then you've got how low can you go, uh, uh, go Bowtie Poe, who was a non-entity at Santa Fe College. I, I, and nobody even remembered the guy. And I've talked to a lot of people there. Uh, and then all of a sudden he appears in the city, running the city when um, he, was an, he wasn't a player in the college. Uh, you know, it's just one of those things that seems to happen uh, when you have 10 or 15 percent of the people bothering to even try to care about changing the way the city is governed. And of course, the mysterious one is the poodle. Uh, nobody can quite get a handle on what the poodle's all about. And uh, 
And then, of course, you have the old veteran who can resurface at any place, any time, uh, has served everywhere uh, in every capacity, it seems like, and uh, cannot uh, stay away from the government checks. And that's Cynthia Chestnut. Uh, then I'll be sprinkling a couple of newcomers now and then. And now they've sprinkled in a joker in the deck, uh, the Commissioner Psycho. Uh, I call her Psycho. I mean, everybody seems to think that her absence, which has now popped up, may even be have been Baker acted. Uh, we checked that out. That's not so. But it did cross the public's mind that perhaps that she'd been Baker acted, uh, given her uh, uh, behavior on the dais publicly, which is just a, a, a long string of examples of disdain and, and rudeness and crudeness of uh, flipping off the constituency with the International Fighter Pilots Salute, uh, telling one of the public um, uh, speakers that, you know, you're breathing our air, aren't you? Shouldn't you be dead? You can't get much lower than that. But, you know, I've been a city manager and I can tell you that it's not um, unheard of to have Looney Tunes on the dais. And uh, one Looney Tunes is really enough to uh, render the rest of the dais pretty much ineffective because you have to do with Looney Tunes. Uh, Looney Tunes in the city of Archer when I was there could not shut up and nobody could shut her up. I, I got to the place where I felt sorry uh, for the court reporter having to take down, as we were doing then, uh, all of the language that was meaningless that Looney Tunes was uh, spitting out. And, and as the city manager, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm at the beck and call of the commission. I run the staff. The city managers run the staff. And just to let you know, the, the, the commissioners do not go directly to the staff. The commissioners go to the city manager and ask the city manager if he or she would go to the staff. The commissioners do not or should not do in runs around the manager to get to the staff. Now, having said that, it happens if you have a weak city manager. Barley used to do in runs around uh, the city manager, county manager, uh, and go directly to the environmental protection department. Uh, we, you know, it, it just it happens. Uh, we had a commissioner there in Archer when I was there who thought she really was the mayor, the commission, and the staff, and went and directed the staff to do things at her beck and call for her pet projects. One of the first things I had to do when I came there to that city was stop that. Um, she was even having the, the, the road crew of, of, of uh, prisoners, which we had then in this county, uh, redirect them off of the road crew over to rake her uh, projects, which in those days was a community senator. And when I took over as the city manager, the first thing I did was put a stop to that. And um, the road crew man who took, was in charge of all this uh, called me and thanked me profusely. He said, we always wanted a manager who had some cojones who would do this. But what happens if they did that in the past, they kept firing the city managers. I dared them to fire me. I don't, you know, fire me. Go ahead, try it. You know, you asked me to come here and help you. So I don't help you the way you want to be helped. And you fire me. So they couldn't fire me because they asked, they pled for help. The city of Archer, when I went there, was so dysfunctional and so absolutely stumbling and bumbling over itself. And the first thing I realized when I got there, it was the commissioners themselves that were the problem. That's what is wrong with the city of Gainesville. The city problems are with the commissioners. The commissioners don't know even the rules that govern them. And you can take a look at uh, Elantra Chronicle today and look at the article in there, which Jennifer Cabrera is always a really very fine writer and a very detailed writer. And she has uh, posted there how these city commissioners don't know the rules that govern them. Now they're trying to invent some new rules. They need to get some rules they have said out of desperation to stop the commissioner psycho from being a, a psycho up there and screwing up the governance. And so they're going to go out and study how to create rules. They've already got rules. I just checked with uh, the former mayor of the city of Gainesville, whom I think was the best mayor we've had, 
Ed Braddy as to what rules govern the city of Gainesville, and it's Robert's Rules of Order. Robert's Rules of Order also governed the city of Archer. So I knew full well that in the, and I have a copy of them right here in the Warthog Command Center to this moment, Robert's Rules of Order tell the rules to the, but no, the, the city manager should be instructing these commissioners on what the rules are. The city manager is obviously not doing that. The city manager is an interim. The city manager is probably trembling under the desk of the city manager, the city manager desk, for fear of being fired yet again, um, rather than, you know, getting on with the job of being a manager and telling these buffoons what the rules already are. They don't need new rules. But of course, how low can you go, Bowtie Poe? He only can lead when he's got a prep project he wants. He should be up there saying, uh, uh, fellow commissioners, we have, we are governed by these rules. He should stop that conversation, that chaos right away. The guy can't do it for probably doesn't know the rules himself. I'm sure all he have to do is say, hold on, we've already got rules and here's what we can do. And I can tell you that Robert's rules of order allow that commission to actually censor the uh, commissioner psycho and actually, if she misbehaves beyond that, remove her from the dais, actually remove her from the dais. And I was prepared to do that with Looney Tunes in Archer. And I went to the commission as the manager and I advised them. They were at their wits end because of the interruption and rudeness of Looney Tunes. And so uh, 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 I advised them, listen. I don't do it. If you want to do it, here are the rules that govern it. You can censor Looney Tunes, which they did. By golly, they did. And I want to tell you something. And a, a, a lot of the other city managers in this community at the time called me up and said I was their hero. And these were veteran city managers who were professional city managers. That's what their occupation was. That's what they wanted to do in life. I was a retired college professor. I mean, who read many, many meetings, don't get me wrong. And and I always knew the rules by the meeting or I wouldn't try to run the meeting. We've got a mayor, evidently, who's running the meeting and doesn't know the rules by which he runs the meeting. I mean, it is, it is the craziest, most dysfunctional group of yo-yos I think I have ever, ever seen. And I don't know what anybody's going to do with them, except maybe take them by the scruff of the neck and shake them good and hard. Now, I advise you, if you're frustrated, to put this show in the lap of somebody at the city commission or one of the public people who complains and remind them to say, if they don't get censored themselves at the uh, podium, that you have rules already by which you can control your behaviors. You don't need another food fight. But, you know, this is something that has been going on in this community for a long, long time. Um, turmoil at Gainesville City Hall. That's been that way really since Bowtie uh, Poe got in there. He's a horrible mayor. He's awful. He doesn't govern with the gavel. He doesn't control the meeting. Um, then you've got Chestnut in there, who's recently arrived, who is, you know, always played the race card and generally going to hold these other people in disdain because she's been around the block so much politically. Uh, then you have the complication is, uh, uh, in terms of this, you got Weidenhauser, Albert Weisenhauser over here with the high-confluent, high-paid uh, Patrice Boy's attorney and uh, the, the Gary Dietenbach, the high-paid uh, planner. Uh, those guys are running up the tab on Weidenhauser uh, as they wait to try to get a thumbs up or thumbs down on their project off of 121, which is, of course, going to impact wetlands. What development in the state of Florida won't impact wetlands? And we watched Weidenhauser be turned down once uh, with their Plum Creek deal over here, which I told them was going to happen. They tried to woo and, 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 and court the county commission thinking that if they were just nice to those people, Hutchison, the communist 
commissioner. He was the communist commissioner on uh, the county commission. Uh, commissioner Psycho is the one on the, the city commission. Um, they, 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 they just wooed uh, Hutchison and Cornell and Byerly and that crowd. They'd get Plum Creek. And, of course, they didn't get Plum Creek. Of course, uh, Byerly, uh, Hutchison and Cornell attended a meeting in Plum, uh, in, in Hawthorne um, that was not advertised for the commissioners. They were both there. Uh, and, you know, I was called into this by frustrated people in the city of Hawthorne who wanted me to investigate sunshine violations. And I got nowhere. I got stonewalled. At that time, uh, Brian Kramer was the assistant DA. He didn't really know the sunshine rules. And um, in the end, the whole thing evaporated as it generally does uh, when you start messing around with sunshine rules. It's very difficult to hold these people's feet to the fire. I assure you, um, I, I, I can't, I'm, I'm just going to say it's my, my opinion. There has been, there have been violations of the sunshine rules uh, of disclosure and open discussion about that, which you're going to vote on by commissioners by this city commission. I will, I will bet you, I'll bet you because you've got Duncan Walker and you've got Chestnut. Okay. You've got deals going on. Uh, and I listen, that's what started the words got fraud. Oh, beep. That's what started the words got beep files is that we were tipped off that there were meetings before the meetings in the county commission where the county commission was meeting, which were quasi legal because they minimally were noticed and the location noticed. And then they went about cooking up their vote and what they were going to do. And the biggest thing they cooked up. The biggest deception they did was Spring Hills project, which was at the corner of 39th Ave and I-75. Uh, that was turned down. There was such a public hue and cry about it uh, that the meeting had to take place in the Santa Fe gym, the public meeting. But lo and behold, to the uh, people who came to that meeting, you can go back and check it out in the archives of the Gainesville Sunset. Lo and behold, the people who came to that meeting did not know what we knew afterwards when I investigated it, that the county commissioners had already decided they were going to turn down uh, Spring Hill. Now, in this case, one of the things that complicates the, uh, the money clock for Weisenhower, although they're deep pockets in paying Boyce and uh, Diedenbach, is that Psycho has apparently voted for their project. And now that she's taken a leave of absence, uh, they can't bring that thing to a vote. So t uh, tap your foot, tap your foot, and uh, that'll be that'll be roll over into probably next year, and then tap your foot some more. I would say I would suggest, since Psycho herself has removed herself, quote unquote, from a for using a leave of absence, uh, that that uh, uh, she won't be back. She has. She has she's touched a wire and has had to. In other words, the race card has been played against her. And they're not the, the, the race card dealers do not withdraw that card. In other words, Cheston and Duncan Walker um, and um, they're not going to. Oh, we'll take it back. We didn't mean it. They will not take it back. Uh, they're already carrying the chip on their shoulder about racism. Uh, and so all you have to do is just sort of faintly blow on it and you've got a problem, which uh, the commissioner psycho is more than done, more than done. Uh, uh, and so it's going to be difficult for that commissioner to come back and, and have, any, uh, have any effective uh, input on the, on the city commission. So, uh, Let's let's just make a summary here so to, uh, you'll understand. There already exists a set of rules by which the city commission is to be governed. Apparently, none of them knows the rules. Apparently, point two, the interim city manager, for whatever reason, 
doesn't say, whoa, time out. These are the rules. So third, you don't need to create yet another set of rules. You've already got rules. But my fourth point is, isn't that exactly how this city commission works? It doesn't know the rules. So it doesn't know when they've broken them or when they've strayed from them or how to use them to make an effective uh, meeting. Generally, what they are doing is they are making deals about their pet projects. And these pet projects generally are those of the progressive agenda and the exclusionary zoning and all that business and the eternal lip service paid to the east side of Gainesville, which nothing has ever been done, for which nothing has ever been done, and for which nothing will ever be done. You can't stir beans and sausage and get steak. The interstate is not on the east side of the county. The, you know, it, it just, it isn't, the development's not on the east side of the county. There's nothing going on on the east side of the county, except they'll stick a government building in now and then. So you gotta back up and start another approach. That card is not working. And then when you kill Plum Creek, you let the county kill Plum Creek, you kill any future need for development on the east side of the county because there's nothing to go to Hawthorne for. There's nothing there. Hawthorne is Hawthorne. You have to remember, Hawthorne and those places around Hawthorne were always viewed as a Yankee retreat to fish. That was the wonderful thing about Hawthorne. It was out of the way. We had this CSX road, railroad in 301. But other than that, you go east and you're in fishing country with lakes all over the place. So the Yankees would come down and that's where they would winter. They lived inexpensively and they weren't interested in development or the bright lights. They were coming from the bright lights and they would go out there and have a quiet log cabin experience by a body of water and enjoy themselves with Southern hospitality, and then go back up north uh, when the summer came. I think Wade Boggs, I think, was the baseball player, one of the guys anyway, who was very famous, was very well known in that area for exactly that. So it's, it, it was designed to be that way. I mean, that whole east side of the county, uh, East Gainesville was a beautiful, beautiful, Kincaid Road, uh, beautiful, absolutely beautiful. But when that interstate came through, you know, it killed downtown Gainesville. We told you the story about that, how we worked hard to bring it back, how I was on the first board, Historical Society board, how I named Lillian's. I was the person who named Lillian's. Um, the, you know, it, it's so, you know, and you could pick that whole, you could buy property downtown when the interstate came along for nothing, uh, which is why it, but you had to have something to do with it. That's why we put the bars in. 12 East was the first one, and Lillian's. Uh, Lillian's had been an actual music store, and Mr. Belazzotti had had Mike's Bookstore right next to it there, uh, which is now a bar. So uh, that was the way in which the downtown became used, which is pretty typically a story in a lot of cities. Uh, the downtown areas become the the artistic centers and then the suburbs be developed. But all development is going west. We know this. You know, we've even had us talk about Springs County and whether or not uh, there, you know, that's feasible and it's probably not. But um, so don't get too hopeful. My point here is we get, get near the bottom of the hour break. Uh, don't get too hopeful of that you're going to have uh, any kind of order created uh, Phoenix rising out of the ashes, if you will, uh, in the city of Gainesville political leadership. Uh, it doesn't exist. Uh, it, it simply doesn't exist. Uh, when you talk about leaders, you really have to look high and low to find them. There are very few leaders, real leaders, leaders who have the courage to get out front and, and uh, the visionaries and have the ability to articulate the vision and, and bring it back. You have to go to Plato's cave 
uh, to have an analogy for this. You have to go to Copernicus to have an analogy for this. Um, these people here are not of that stature. Um, they don't know anything about the allegory of the cave. They don't know anything about Copernicus. Um, it is uh, it is not something that's in their uh, frame of reference. They're just there um, muddying their way along and without any leadership. The leadership should come from, ideally, if you're really good, a very good manager. The manager manages the entire city. The manager has keys to everything in the city. The commission sets the policy. The manager directs the staff to carry out the policy and reports to the commission that the policy is being carried out. But when you have political meddling and in runs around the manager and you have a weak manager and you keep firing managers and deliberately making them weak or you fire in their case, they've got an Ed Belarski over there. They keep firing those guys. The first person they fired it began the downfall of the city of Gainesville was picking underhands firing of Mike Kurtz, who ran a great Gainesville regional utilities. Absolutely a fine manager. He was canned because he didn't go along with the fad of climate change or save the earth or whatever the term was then. And um, he wouldn't get in step and stay in step. So he was sent out to pasture. That is when uh, the city started to decay. The other point that began and helped its decay was going from five commissioners to the unwieldy seven. And now you pick up guys like Santos and Eliola. Uh, it's just a mismatch quilt that doesn't go together. And it's not a potpourri that works. And it's not going to work. So I'm going to continue to give the city of Gainesville an F. I don't see them ever getting a passing grade. Meanwhile, they're going to be doing a lot of damage. Believe me, they are going to be doing a lot of damage. It's uh, and, and some of it's going to be uh, you won't be irreversible. So it's a sad story. I know many quality people who are committed to getting out of Gainesville. Um, by that, I mean they're going into the well-managed other communities. Newberry is certainly one of them with a six hundred thousand dollars surplus. Uh, the city of Alachua currently is still one. Um, and uh, uh, High Springs has even developed a little bit more sophistication. So you've got this all going on on the west side. If you go towards Laycross, if you go towards Hawthorne, uh, you're going to reach in. You're going to stumble into a lot of opposition because the topography of this county is such that there are a lot of wetlands there, understandably. The ocean came up from both sides at, at when, uh, once upon a time before there was climate change and pushed the land up to the center. That's called the highlands. That's the spine of Florida. It's what I-75 comes right down the middle of. And on either side, then the ocean retreated. And if you go on out to Gilchrist County and beyond, you can see the effects of saltwater intrusion. And if you go on out towards Hawthorne and beyond, you can see the effects of saltwater intrusion. You can come along here where we are in piney woods of north central Florida and find fertile land uh, grazing pastures uh, and a high quality real estate that unfortunately has become attractive uh, to people to live on rather than to eat from. I just want to give you this real gut check before we take a break. The price of a single egg has doubled. If you have an egg for breakfast, you are paying for that egg 50 cents about. Whereas before this Biden economy, you paid 25 cents for that egg. Now, let's do some math, my friends. If you're paying twice as much for a single egg and you're in the restaurant business, can you pay your help twice as much? You got the picture? That's where we are. Those are the real problems facing the country. Not the gobbledygook you see going on with Commissioner Psycho and 
Duncan Walker and that crowd playing race cards and communist cards and insults and, and you know, the international fighter pilots salute to the public and uh, the drowsy leadership out of the poodle and all that. You know, you've got nothing going on there. So we'll stay tuned. And it's a story we have to tell because all we do here on this show is tell stories. Uh, we don't make up the stories. Uh, we just uh, report them to you so that you'll be better informed. We'll going to take a break at the bottom of the hour. Ted Yoho is not with us today. He is in meetings in D.C. So uh, we get a chance to cover a little bit more of this local thing. When we get back, I'll bring you up to date on some of the initiatives that we've started here on investigation into, quote, unquote, voting irregularities. Be right back on the Ward Scott Files. Although the owner of Lewis Oil Company maintains she is 29, Lewis Oil turns 60 years old in June. Chevron would like to recognize the North Florida second-generation family-owned business, celebrating its growth and staying power. Lewis Oil Company maintains significant on-hand supplies, strategically located fuel depots, a delivery fleet, on-site service, fuel card locks, and convenience stores. Lewis Oil Company understands its responsibility in the local economy by providing service and delivery on demand and in crisis. As a first responder for 18 Florida counties and the southeast from Texas to Virginia, we are proud of this rare accomplishment. Lewis Oil delivers. This is Ward Scott, and I want to thank all our sponsors who keep the show going and pay the bills. The Ward Scott Files premium sponsors are Crime Prevention Security Systems, large enough to serve you, small enough to care. Melvin Law, the only official injury partner of the Florida Gators. The Ward Scott Files Gold sponsors are Lewis Oil Company, Shoot GTR, On the Spot Dry Cleaners, RR Construction, and Style Cuts. If you are interested in promoting your business on the show, you can visit our website, www.wardscottfiles.com and click on the Advertise Here banner on the right side of the page or call my friend Freddie at 352-284-3733. Again, thank you to all the great businesses that support the Ward Scott Files. And remember, if you like the show, thank our sponsors and support the businesses that support us. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. May God have mercy on your soul. Or that very much surprises me that you've never been tased. You can't handle the truth! All these poop. Warthog. He's gonna come up the steps. Here he comes. Oh my goodness, and he's huge. Hello, boy. I wonder if we can pet him. Hi, boy. Can we touch him? No, don't. Help me! Help! Help! Now for the weather brought to you by Lewis Oil. Welcome back to Ward Scott Files. I'm going to bring you the weather report here. Compliments of Lewis Oil. Great weather uh, supporter here for us. And the weather is pretty nice here. It's unusually nice, really, in effect. Uh, 65 degrees right now in the Piney Woods of North Central Florida. It's going to get up to about 80 today, and it's just going to be very pleasant. Uh, you might even be able to work on a little bit of a suntan if you're so inclined. Um, tree pollen's low, ragweed pollen's low, uh, um, grass pollen's low, all that business. But we do have some powerful storms that are going to be coming across the southeast today, but they're not going to clip us. It looks as if they're going to mainly hit Georgia. And uh, these things are uh, always problematic in that they pack tornadoes. Uh, there's severe weather that's going to threaten uh, uh, people. You know, this is going to threaten people from Texas to Illinois. Um, so we're, I think we're going to miss that. It's going to be a narrow clip for us. And we'll get, get by without the um, wind damage or possibly even tornado deal. Of course, we're watching Hawaii's Big Island, which has uh, two volcanoes that are both erupted. And I uh, checked with my buddies out in Hawaii uh, who live on Maui. They do not see it. The wind's carrying it the other way. But this is quite an event from space. There have been some pictures taken from our devices in space that take a look at these things. And you can see this 
uh, pretty clearly from space shots. Um, so that's the way the weather looks right now. It looks very pleasant today. So if you want to enjoy outdoors, why get out there and have a, have a good crack at it. The um, uh, um, Looking at my chat line here uh, to see if there's anybody picking up a uh, an issue. I need to come back and yes, uh, yes. Uh, Ray Stern, the commissioner, did just give themselves a raise. Um, you know, it's one of the one of the things they can do. They don't have to go ask the public. You see, people have to understand that these political bodies, like let's just take the city commissioners, they make the rules, and since they make the rules, they can also break the rules. Where this really becomes a huge problem is Congress. They make the rules, and if they want to fudge on the rules, um, bend the rules, whatever they want, they can do it because they make them. And if the rules don't fit, uh, the filibuster is a good example right now going on of Tebron. We talk about it um, a little more in more detail. Uh, that's a an inconvenient rule when they don't want it in the way of what they want, and it's a convenient rule when they want to use it to get what they want. But they make up the rules. And in a place like Congress, that's why it's so important who the majority is that's running the place, because they get to run the rules and make the rules up and interpret them. So you have to remember that in the city governments, uh, these managers run scared because they live at the pleasure of the majority of the commissioners. So in the case of five, three out of five of them can, for no reason, they don't need a reason, can fire you if you're a manager or even the city attorney uh, or the county attorney in the case of five. In the case of seven, it'd have to take four. But it doesn't take a unanimous decision. It doesn't take a supermajority. It just takes a majority and bye-bye. Get your hat and, you know, take off. So I want to report a little bit here now for you on what we've been doing here locally. Um, that started right here with our, our good friend, uh, Mark Glazer, our investigator, instigator, I call him. And um, it has to do with the voting. And, of course, we are now using the terms that uh, – are not taboo through the algorithms. Uh, we don't use B, but we use irregularities. Apparently, that's okay to the algorithms. We'll find out. But there are two, you know, you keep hearing, I'll get along, little doggy. There's no problem here. Midterms went smoothly. Um, they don't know whether midterms went smoothly because it's, it's our experience. It takes about two years to get these things processed, discovered through the courts and have some action taken. So, um, we just now have a report out of Pensacola News Journal, which I would share with you, that the Florida Department of Law Enforcement Special Agents uh, arrested yet again another Pensacola sex offender. Uh, the sex offenders are, are, are slam dunks in terms of their illegality for behaving uh, in the civil society. Um, they don't ever get their rights restored. You can't do this discussion that the uh, progressive left wants to do when they say, oh, well, you know, they, they changed the rules so the hapless felon didn't know the rules had been changed. Uh, no, that's not the way it works. But it certainly is not the way it works. You know, if that were the case, you know, we know this. Ignorance of the rules is no excuse. Uh, if you run the stop sign and the, the officer stops you and uh, uh, says, you know, you ran the stop sign and you say, oh, I didn't know that STOP meant stop. Uh, really? But you're behind the wheel. If you're behind the wheel, then you are obligated to know what the red sign means. So ignorance of the rule is not going to protect you from me giving you a ticket. So yet they want to play this card when it comes to voting. So um, we have a guy who is just, um, I'm going to give you a report on it. Um, on November 1st, uh, the supervisor elections there in Escambia County provided documents to the FDLE. Now, you have to ask yourself, why isn't the supervisor of elections in Alachua County doing the same thing? I mean, why isn't that the case? Providing documents and ferreting these things out and finding them on her own. Why do we have to find them? Can anybody answer that for me in Listerland? Can, why do we have to find them? So 41-year-old uh, Michael Dwayne Collins completed and signed a voter Florida voter registration application on August 27, 2020. Uh, and he signed it in 2021, 2022. And he has a voting history that showed he voted uh, in 2020 in the general election. Um, 
So he's now been charged and the supervisor of elections took this to FDLE um, and been charged with four, uh, four counts of false swearing of voter registration information. Um, he's a registered sex offender, convicted for lewd and lascivious battery of a person between 12 and 16 years old in 2001. So then he got his civil rights stripped. Uh, he claimed, and he was always, a, these guys are, the criminal's always very good at blaming it on somebody else. He told authorities he had received a letter from an unloaned group who said it was okay for him to vote. Uh, the letter was not from the state of Florida. So there you go. Uh, so anyway, the supervisor elections in Escambia County did the right thing, found this and took it to the FDLE. Now, of course, the FDLE takes it and the uh, state attorney there is going to have to prosecute it. So uh, that is the uh, and charge it and prosecute it, which is going on accordingly in uh, um, uh, uh, working its way through that system in Escambia County. Now, the uh, um, taking a look at this, that was that, that one, we'll report on that one. Here we have a 54-year-old Jacksonville felon. Uh, he pled guilty Monday uh, to one count each of voter beep and false registration. Uh, this was a broader investigation into sex offenders illegally voting. That's it's so easy, apparently, from what I'm told by our investigator. It's so easy to find these. And if he can find them with a snap of the fingers, why can't and why? hasn't the supervisor of elections found these low these many years i mean this guy actually made a, a got a got charged actually got charged and his name is mark anton crump he's gonna have to serve 10 months in jail he had a plea agreement um and um it has nothing to do with paying back fees and restitution he's a sex offender now he this guy crump get this has felony convictions in 1990. You know, we talk about, I'm talking with you about how it isn't easy to get on your record the uh, term beside your name, convicted felon. That's not easy. You have to, now listen to this and I'll show you, listen to you why. In Lodgeville County, Crump has felony convictions in 1993 for manslaughter. So the guy had to kill somebody to get a felony Conviction, even. In 2004, he had a conviction for a molestation of a child. And in 2019, he has a conviction for failing to comply with sexual offender requirements in Duval County. Now, he was arrested by the Jacksonville Sheriff's Office in April. And what did he say? What did you think he would say? What, what do you think he would say? Oh, I didn't know I couldn't vote. He, he registered, he was able to register, get this, slip through the system. How, you know, how do you know? How do these people from A&P and all this, how do they know how many have slipped through the system? Slipped through the system. They have no idea. They have no idea. This guy was able to register and vote in the August 2020 primary and the November 2020 general election. Okay. He was arrested by the Jacksonville Sheriff's Office in April and said he didn't realize he was ineligible. Well, I guess I'd say that, too. So the state attorney there, Melissa Nelson, hey, she went after him and hauled him into court. And says, we're going to continue to hold accountable those who knowingly seek to manipulate our election process. That is a pretty darn interesting phrase. Maybe we should vote for Melissa Nelson to run the world. Let me repeat it for you. State Attorney Melissa Nelson said, quote, we will continue to hold accountable those who knowingly seek to manipulate our election process, end quote. Wow. Wow. Now, of course, you have opposing such clear statements as that the so-called election advocates um, who say, oh, man, the poor soul. He was confused. 
Well, he wasn't confused when he had molested the child, was he? He wasn't confused when he engaged in manslaughter, was he? What do you mean confused? See, this is the old adage. For those who believe anybody who can make a breath on a mirror should be able to vote. Now, this guy's arrest is part of a larger Duval County investigation that's going on now. You wonder if one's going on here. We're having to do it. Do you get the point I'm trying to make here? We're having to do the investigation for Alachua County. I mean, we, we, we have found more than, 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 than DeSantis has found. We don't get introduced as a, uh, in, in any of the uh, Heikaflutin Chamber of Commerce meetings or uh, anything like that. You know, uh, you know, we don't fit the description of a, of a, of a community service. You know, uh, we'll go get the local guy who created or invented the most recent version of the mousetrap and feature him as the speaker at the chamber. You know, that's what's wrong with the chambers. All they're doing is rubbing and scratching their own back. They really should be places where there's a, a diversity to include in the presentations of people who are actually doing things in the community that have more widely and diverse definition of wealth. Wealth is just not material wealth in a community. Wealth is also moral wealth. It's also educational wealth. It's also civic wealth. And you would think these chamber, chamber organizer would know this. So, but I don't think they do. Um, supervisor of elections, a guy named Mike Hogan. Here we go. Now, this is in uh, Duval County. You ready for this? Started examining the cases filed by database researcher, Mark Glazier. That's our guy. That's our guy. Okay. Um, now, um, I'm getting a report here. I want to call in. We may open the line up in a minute uh, after this. Hang on. Um, the Mike, Mark Glazier, and this is in the, this is in the article. And this article appears in the uh, Jacksonville papers, uh, has lodged 100 complaints in 11 counties where he's found sex offenders violating state law by casting ballots in 2020. And I know Mark has not done this as a full-time job. This is just kind of a part-time, I wonder if he takes a look and this stuff jumps off the pages at him. Okay. Now, the the uh, the list of these people uh, doing this uh, are, is growing, and people are are paying more and more attention uh, to uh, uh, what's going on here with this. We don't use the beep word because you know the popular narrative in this nation is that get along, little doggy. This does not make any statistical difference. They don't know. They don't know, okay? Because they haven't looked. And if you look, you'll be surprised what you find. So um, this is a report bringing you up to date on. And this is kind of, these, these prosecutors vary in earnestness from county to county and uh, district to district. Um, the jury is out on how earnest Brian Kramer, ours is here at the um, um, area here in Alachua where really all this is originating. All this is coming to pass here in uh, this uh, county. So a district and we are the ones who started it and we are the ones who are continuing and uh, it's being picked up at various places uh, around um, the state, really. And we think that DeSantis is following 
suit on us. Um, production, I know you can hear me. Let's put up the call-in number. I've got a person wanting to call in. Can we do that, sir? Okay. Uh, we'll and put it on the chat line, and uh, I'll, I'll signal that we, in a minute, we'll be able to do it. Excuse me. Okay, I'm back here. I just uh, indicated to the caller. I'm sure this has to do with the Gainesville City Commission. I don't want to uh, keep people from talking about that because it bothers them quite a bit. Um, Welcome, host. You are now in the host room and can manage your callers from the call-in studio web interface. Now it's 707-9101, is it not production? Okay, thank you. So we'll wait and get this caller on the line while we're waiting. Uh, rehash for you a little bit about uh, what we've been doing here with the Ward Scott Files. Uh, we've been, of course, working away at, and the, and the title of the show today is Facts Versus Narrative. Uh, the narrative that you're getting off the public uh, high-powered media generally never fits the facts. It fits some sort of uh, ideology that, uh, um, you know, is out there working in the minds of people. So, um, I, you know, that's all I can really let you know it's, it seems what's what governs a lot of it and um, it's it's uh, the way the way people work and function unfortunately quite often so if we don't get a phone call here in a minute from our caller why we'll we'll go on and um, well, I'm trying to check here to... okay I'm going to um, Okay. Are you online, sir? I'm here. Hello. Good morning. Hello. You're, you're live now. Let's hear what you got to say, Armando. Okay. Well, I wanted to call in and talk to you about yesterday's meeting. Let them know um, who you are. Regarding... Let them know who you are. Armando, let them know. Oh, who you are. I'm sorry. Hello. Uh, hello, viewers. Uh, my name is uh, Armando Grundy Gomez. I'm a resident of East Gainesville. Um, uh, definitely a continued constant visitor at City Hall, County <laughs> Commission uh, meetings. <laughs> so um, I wanted to call and speak with you and, and the and the viewers uh, regarding yesterday's meeting, um, and they announced that Reina Sacco is taking a leave of absence from her job, a leave yes, of absence yes, from yes. her job, and that uh, the the mayor elect. Uh, Harvey Ward will be the mayor pro tem in her stead. And I guess this is the only job I know where you can take off an entire time. And the real reason she's taking off time I want to bring to the viewer's attention is she hates her biggest defender at City Hall. She said she will no longer attend commission meetings as long as Lauren Poe is the mayor. That's her reason. That's the first. Really? Really? And the other thing, is, yep, that's correct. And the other thing is she called Cynthia Chestnut. Uh, see you next Tuesday. I'm going to use the, that, that acronym. So the first letter beginning with the letter C, the next one beginning with the letter U, and then you fill in the blank. See you oh, next really? Tuesday. Really? So she called her. A, yes, she did. How do you know this? Um, lots, of, lots of members of city, city staff saw it. A commissioner saw it. She was curdled up in the fetal position um, after the incident happened two Thursdays ago. And they were coddling this 30-plus-year-old woman, coddling her. Well, what is, I don't uh, know what's going on. So this is – go ahead. No, no, you go ahead, sir. I'm listening. So she's an officer of the court, an officer of the court, and acting so inappropriately. This woman is unhinged, and she has used anti-Semitic uh, pejoratives and slurs as well as uh, pejoratives and slurs toward the black community. And this is a so-called progressive Democrat who I pointed out to Chestnut and Duncan Walker that this is what that establishment of progressives on the commission 
is doing. And I, what I called it was anti-blackness because that's what it's coming from, this quote, so-called, um, these are our quote-unquote allies, which they are not. They are not our allies. Well, it's worth pointing out. As I pointed out before you called in, Amandoza, the, the, the city commission is governed by Robert's Rules of Order. Um, there's no need for these commissioners to, quote unquote, have a conversation about creating rules for civility. Those rules already exist. They're just not applied. And it's probably because the leader of them, Poe, doesn't know the rules, nor does apparently the interim city manager to have the nerve or I don't don't know the bad person uh, to in, to inform the commission that the rules exist by which they can censor one of their own members, which I did mm -hmm. have a party in and in, in, in when I was a manager. So the rules are already there among them. All they have to do is have the mayor say, I am going to put to a vote whether or not you will would want to censor Commissioner Seika. And the censor can run all the way up to actual removal from the dais. There are increments of, of severity on that, Armando. But yeah, you can pull down Robert's Rules of Order yourself and take a look at it. Oh, I'm very familiar. Yeah, ask him why they haven't applied them. Well, that's not the, the only, the biggest, the other big thing that is that is really interesting is Sacco violated the charter. She interfered with the day-to-day -day affairs of city government and the manager's duties by interfering with, with, with staff, going to staff, and, you, it, and it's on video. She sedated, she stated, staff, staff sought me out regarding an appointment to the Historical Preservation Society. I mean, the members of staff came up and said, we did no such thing. So Commissioner Sacco sought us out 10 minutes before the meeting. That's an interference with the charter. That's a violation of the charter. She should be removed, summarily removed from office. And I hope somebody listening files with this governor. This woman is unhinged and needs to be removed. Well, and they're going to try things. to turn this into, she's pregnant. Uh, Go ahead. Amando, Amando. There are two different things here are, we need to straighten out here. To remove her from the dais as somebody who is incompatible because of her behavior, that is done by the group through the rules that they're governing themselves by, which obviously they're not. Mm -hmm. Okay. To remove, to, to, to do, when these commissioners do in runs around of the manager to the staff, that's old news. They do this all the time unless the manager confronts them and is backed up by the commission. So that is internal also. The manager should go immediately to the commission and alert the commission that a member of them is disregarding what you call, you know, the charter, and they need to discipline her for that. Now, a removal from office by the governor would not be the procedure that would take place when the removal from the dais is what you're really talking about would be done by the group applying the rules, which the group obviously is either unaware of or doesn't uh, abide by. And doing the end runs around these managers is not a new story. Um, they do it and uh, it shouldn't be done and it should be called out, but it takes a strong leader to do it. That's my shit. I've been there. I know what I'm talking about on that. So I don't, I, I don't disagree. I don't think the governor can get involved in this, but doggone it. The public, Amando, here's where you and some others could come in. The public can do just exactly what you're doing right now. Call into the show. Also address the city commission publicly so that the newspaper picks it up, so that Channel 20 picks it up and make sure that first of all, everybody understands the rules of the game, okay? And that you can't circumvent them. And going around the manager is that one of the things that breaks the rules. Being rude and discourteous to your fellow commissioners is another thing that breaks the rules. But the enforcement of the well, rules- channel, channel 20 is not covering this. And I know, the game. I know, I'm not I know really. but the reason you're calling in here is to get it covered. You're good. It's not gonna be an easy story right. to get out. It's not going to be an easy story to get out because I guarantee you Channel 20 doesn't know the rules. You just happen to be talking to a guy that knows the rules. I'll guarantee you there's nobody else in this town right. 
that has a public show knows rules. I'm the only guy that knows them because I've done it. I've done it. Nobody else has done it. There's no talk show host in this community has done it. You know, no, there's nobody who's done it. So we're going to have to run, buddy. I really appreciate you calling in. We're out of time. Thank you so much. Thank you, sir. We're going to have to run, but I advise the citizen here to go public with this and point out that the rules are not being applied. And that's what you want to do. And that's where you want to start. Thanks, sir. Thank you, sir, for calling in. Um, Have a great day, everybody. And uh, we're going to be checking out here uh, and getting back with you tomorrow. We've got a great guest coming in tomorrow uh, to talk about some national issues. Take care. Warthog Command Center out.